So, lots of work to do to get us there. Now, as I have um, been thinking about this, getting into our new building, there has been, and I've shared this with you all, I shared it with you last week, sort of an uneasy feeling, uh, really. It's, there's been an uneasy feeling since shortly after we got here to Christ Chapel, uh, but really now ramping up as we're getting ready to move into the new building. Um, it, it, it is going to be, the place is beautiful if you haven't seen it. Um, I, I think that we have a lot to be excited about. Other people know, and, and there are people who are saying, I can't wait till you guys have your service. Um, I want to come. And so people are going to come. Like we, we fully expect uh, people around us to come, some who have a church home, some who don't go to church at all. We know that because the sign is up, there have been people who have stopped looking to come to church because there's a new church in the area. People in the area are going to see there's a new church, and they are up and running, and they're going to come and try the new church out. So here, as I shared last week, it is, is sort of where my, my fear lies. People are going to come, and I, I fear that we are going to get to the new building. We're going to work hard to get everything moved in and everything set up, and then we're going to breathe a collective sigh of relief, and we're just going to sit back and enjoy the new space. That's, that's my fear. Now, as, as I say that, I, I think that we should enjoy the new space. I can't wait to enjoy it. I know some of you all feel the same way. It is a gift from God for us to enjoy. It is going to be a good and precious gift. And, and it's okay to breathe a sigh of relief. I can tell you that I will probably be breathing the biggest sighs of relief of anybody in here when we are finally in there and I can sit at my desk and I can go to my books. I, I, am, I am going to, I probably already sigh about this building more than anybody. Um, but here's the thing. The danger is that we are going to sit back and relax, especially because people are going to come. And, and, and what I want to, to warn us of is, is this, we, we can't fall into the belief that we have arrived, that somehow we have arrived. We cannot rely on the building leading the mission. That's the bottom line. We cannot rely on the building leading the mission because it can't do that. It won't do that. No building can. We talked about this last week. We, we, we saw the city of Ephesus transformed, even beyond Ephesus, completely transformed. Uh, all of Asia, the gospel was spreading. It, it was not a building that was transforming Ephesus and beyond Ephesus. It was the people of God empowered by the Spirit of God proclaiming the beautiful news of the gospel. It was the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus proclaimed by God's people, believed by those who heard, that, that was changing the lives of people in Ephesus and throughout Asia. In fact, as we saw last week, it was changing the entire culture of Ephesus. 
Now, all of that is, is really not new. That, that, that picture has been a picture in, in, in our minds for quite a long time. In, in fact, all of this is really the idea behind New City's mission and vision statements. And, and what I want to do tonight is just remind us before we, before we go to this building, remind us of the mission and vision of the church. So let me start with New City's mission. We, we are a church and a people who are here by God's grace to help others live in light of the gospel. That's what God has called us to do. If you are a part of New City Church, in fact, all churches ultimately have the same mission. If you are a part of New City Church, here is what we are, are, are in existence to do to help others live in light of the gospel. As we talked about in our last series, Everyday Jesus, um, this has two parts to it. One, we are introducing people who don't know Jesus to Jesus by sharing the good news of, of who He is and what He's done for us. We, we are also, the second part, helping believers, those who already trust in Jesus, we are helping believers to grow as disciples by teaching them more and more what it means to believe the good news of the gospel in every area of life and to love and follow Jesus. The good news of, of Jesus is, is what He has done for us. It's, it's Jesus forgiving us, Jesus saving us, Jesus transforming us through His life, death, and resurrection. And, and, and that good news is for both, for both unbeliever to come and be forgiven, to be redeemed from sin and reconciled to God, and it is also for believers like we never leave the good news of the gospel. We need to be reminded over and over and over again who we are now because of Jesus. We need to be reminded that, that God loves us in Christ. We need to be reminded that nothing can separate us from that love because of Jesus. We need to be reminded again and again and again and again for as long as we live what it means to be a child of God in Christ. So, the gospel, helping others live in light of the gospel, the gospel itself is for all people and it is for all of life. We never leave it and we, we never should. So, our mission is helping unbelievers and believers alike to live in light of that beautiful, glorious news of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and all that it means to our lives, helping others live in light of the gospel. Our vision, New City's vision, right? That, that's the thing that God has given us to do to help others live in light of the gospel. The vision, when I say vision, New City's vision, what I mean is what would it look like if we did that? What would it look like if we were accomplishing the mission that God has given to us? And so uh, our dream there is to see the gospel transform everything within our reach, ourselves, our church, our city, and ultimately the world. See, that's what was happening in Ephesus. It was the gospel going forward. It was people hearing the good news and believing the good news that was transforming Ephesus and beyond. And it affected all of life. We, 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 we saw it as professions were changed. 
as people burned their books of magic, as those who were in the trade of idolatry were afraid of losing their business because of the, the, the faith and belief of these Christians who heard the gospel. It's the gospel transforming everything within our reach. Now, listen to me, a building, a building can help with that, and we believe that our new building is going to be a great help with that, but a building will never, ever, ever do that on its own. We are God's instruments for that. We are God's instruments for that. He has chosen to use us, His people, to grow His kingdom, again, by the power of the Spirit and through faith in the gospel. We, believers, we are His sent ones. We are His sent ones. Jesus told His disciples, going back to the last sermon series in John 20, 21, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. We are, as Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, His ambassadors, ambassadors of Christ, sharing the good news and urging those around us to believe that good news, to believe and be reconciled to God. So if we are going to see the gospel transform everything within our reach, it will not be because of a building. It will be because God is working through us, His people, and not a building. Are you with me on that? Y'all are quiet tonight. It's because you're cold? You will, you will warm up if y'all will get loud. Right? So, so our, our mission, the mission that God has given us as a church is not a building. The mission that God has given us as a church is us, His people, helping others live in light of the gospel, believers and unbelievers. And, and when we do that, as God's people and the Holy Spirit works through the gospel in the lives of others, right, when we do that and He does His work, then what we will see is the gospel transform everything within our reach, ourselves, our church, our city, and the world. So how, right? That's kind of the next question. Okay, so we're supposed to share the gospel. What, 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 does that, what does that look like? Is that just us individually? Are we in the park with tracks? Are we leaving things at the gas pump so people can find it? What is it that we do as a church so that we can see those things happen? I'm glad that you asked. Because if you look at our website, the way that we talk about it on the website is strategy. What is our strategy for seeing this mission go forward? What is our strategy for seeing the mission go forward with the hopes of this vision actually taking place? Here's how we say it. We believe that we will best fulfill this mission and see this vision come to be by living as a family of missionary servants, disciples of Jesus, making disciples of Jesus familiar language, I, I, I hope, for all of you who are a part of New City. Now, let me give just a little bit of background to this. When I began to feel like God wanted me to plant a church 16, however many years ago it's been now, um, and I began to talk with other people about potentially planting a church, the first thing I said is no way, like Macon doesn't need another church. There are seven million churches there. 
God would not let it stop there. And, and so God continued. And what God did was pressed me to study the New Testament and see what the church was all about in the New Testament. What was the church doing in the New Testament? The, the, the New Testament church turned the world upside down, right? Christianity spread like crazy. So, so the Lord was pressing me to study more deeply the first church and, and what they did and how they did it. And to, to begin to answer the question, what could that potentially look like in our culture and our context? Over time, reading, studying, talking, um, coming across other people, people like Jeff Vanderstelt, uh, Jonathan Dodson, David Fairchild, Caesar Kalinowski, and a whole lot of other people um, who, who, who were way smarter than me, I began to see what the church, the first church did was really what they learned from Jesus. And so when you, when you study the church in Acts, what the, what the church in Acts was doing was what the disciples had learned from Jesus in the Gospels. We, we see Jesus living life with his disciples. We see the disciples then in the book of Acts living life with other disciples. And as you dig more and more into that, one of the things that I learned from these people who were much smarter than me was not to start with what the church did, but what the church did all flowed out of who the church was. The church did what the church did because of who the church was. The Apostle Paul says in that uh, 2 Corinthians 5 passage that talks about us being ambassadors, the Apostle Paul says, when we come to Christ, in the gospel we are made new creatures, new creations. The old is gone. Behold, everything is new for us. We have new identities. We are not the people that we used to be. So at New City, we talk about three primary identities, and they were, they were there in this strategy statement, family, missionary, and servant. Family, missionary, and servant. Those aren't things that we primarily do. It is who we are in Christ. The New Testament is super clear on all of these identities. In Galatians 6, um, 10, and, and Ephesians 2, 19, both of those refer to believers as members of the household of God. And when the Bible, the New Testament, talks about the household of God, it's not talking about brick and mortar, uh, some sort of structure. What it's talking about is people. We are the household of God. In the New Testament, that was family. We are now a part of the family of God. Let me, let me read Ephesians 2.19. Paul wrote, so then you are no longer strangers. That was us. We were strangers to God. We were far from him. We were distant from him. No longer are you strangers and aliens, but now in Christ, Paul is arguing, you are fellow citizens with the saints and you are members of the household of God. You are members of the family of God. Paul is saying when you come to Christ through faith, we, we not only come into this new relationship with God, I want you to understand this, this new relationship with God where, where we were distant, far, alien, 
Now we are, we are brought near to God. We are made children of God. But that relationship is not just a relationship that is vertical. It changes our relationships horizontally. And now we belong to the family of God. We're a family. We belong to one another. In Christ, we, we, are, we are made sons and daughters of God, yes, but sons and, God, and, and daughters of God, sons and daughters who share the same father, that makes us brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, family. Now, let me, let, me, let me connect that with something that Jesus said to his disciples before his, his, his death um, and resurrection, before the ascension. In John chapter 13, beginning in verse 34, talking to the disciples, Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another, talking to the disciples. The world, all people will know that you, believers, are my disciples by the way that you love one another. Family loves one another. Amen? Family loves one another. In love, because we love one another, family cares for one another. Family meets one another's needs. Family walks with one another when there are, are times of suffering. Family celebrates together the good gifts that God has given to, to one of the members in the family. When you love like this, when you love like this, for all the world to see, Jesus says, the world will know that you belong to me. The world will know by the way that you love one another, family. That's how the world will know that you belong to me. There is so much that is packed in here. We were created for family. We were created in the very beginning, in the book of Genesis, we were created for this. This was God's intention then. Sin has wrecked it without a doubt. We know that sin and the fall has wrecked it. Part of the redemption that we have in Christ is this. Jesus is redeeming us through his life, death, and resurrection to, to, to more than just this. He's redeeming us to this, to the entire family of God. Now, let me connect this further to our mission and vision um, and our strategy. Remember, there are two parts to the mission that we've talked about. One of those is that we teach one another. We teach believers how to love and follow Jesus. Now, stick with me on this. We, we teach others what it means to believe the gospel and to love and follow Jesus. We do that, and, and I talked about this a little bit last week, like good parents do with their children, not not so much in a classroom, but as we do life together. We, 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 we don't learn everything because we've gathered together in a classroom. It's when we are doing life together, when we are spending time together primarily, that we learn and are taught. 
even, even going back to where God was preparing his people to go into the promised land, he told parents, right, as you rise, as you get ready to go to bed, as you go throughout your day, you're teaching your children. It's like apprenticeship, right? That's what discipleship is. Discipleship isn't a classroom. Discipleship happens when we are together as family and we love one another and we spend time together. But there is more. We see that this kind of life is also missional, and that's what Jesus is saying. When the world sees how we love one another like family, they are drawn to it. The world desires that community. The world desires people, desire. The people around you desire community. They desire a family. And so when they see us love one another, like Jesus loved his disciples, then the people around us are are drawn to that because they were created for it. At at New City, I I love gathering with you guys. I love it. I can't wait until we're in, in our building. The, the acoustics are going to be incredible. We're all going to be there together. Hopefully, we've had a lot of families struggle to be here in the afternoon. Hopefully, everybody is able to be there. Going to be absolutely incredible. I love it. But this is not where we live out family. We can't. We can't live out the one another's in this way. This is not where we live out family, not in a building, not in a building where we are gathered. We live as family in homes. We we live in family as family in homes and in, in, in neighborhoods where our missional communities meet together, in restaurants where we go with our friends, where we go with our friends and our family and we take our kids and we eat a meal and we hang out together. We, we live as family when we go and support one another's kids at the ball field. It's out there. It's out there. That's where we live as family, not in here, not in here. Listen to me. If this is the only place that we live as family, the world will never see our love for one another. I thought surely that'd get an amen. Family. How... How do we see the the mission of the church going forward? We see it going forward when we truly live as family together, loving one another as Christ loved his disciples. We we talked a lot about this second one, the second identity, um, missionaries in our previous um, sermon series. Every believer is a missionary. We're just not all very good at it. But all of us are, are, are missionaries. The Great Commission makes that clear. The Great Commission is for everyone. Some missionaries, and I want you to hear me say this, I praise God for them. Some missionaries are sent to faraway places. We need to support them. We need to pray for them. I pray that God would raise up more people from within New City to go to faraway and hard places. I think that is a beautiful and special calling. But that's not the only missionary. See, the truth is, while, while, while I love that and I pray for those missionaries, I pray for you because you're a missionary as well. 
So some people go to faraway places, but all of the rest of us are missionaries as well. As we go, as we go to work, as we go to school, as we go to our kids' ball games, as we're at home with our family, we're all missionaries. The Great Commission applying to every one of us. Somehow, somehow through history, we came to believe that the only people who are missionaries are the people who go away to, to faraway places. The rest of us are not really on a mission. We just go to church. And if there are people who are on a mission in the church, y'all, I don't know how we got here, but it's true. Missionaries go to faraway places. The other people who share the gospel, the other people who invite others to love and follow Jesus, well, that's the pastor and the church staff or maybe the person who is gifted as an evangelist. I don't know how those lies came to be in the church, but they are lies. We are all missionaries proclaiming the glories of him who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We are all 2 Corinthians 5 ambassadors for Christ, every one of us begging and pleading with the people around us to be reconciled to God in Christ. You and I are missionaries, missionaries as we go about our life. Listen to me. I, I tell you guys often that Sundays when we gather are a great time to be missional, but listen, you, you, would, you would not feel good about supporting a missionary who was only on mission for an hour a week, would you? You would want them to be on mission for, for their entire life. And so the same is, is true for us. We are on mission for all of our life, not just when we come to church. So once again, what I'm saying is that the, the building may be great for us in mission, but it is not the mission. We are missionaries out there. We're missionaries out there where we live. We're missionaries tomorrow morning when we get up and we go to, to our job. We're missionaries when we take our kids to school. We're missionaries when we, when we serve at the school. We're missionaries when we pick all those kids up and help our neighbor out. We're missionaries all the time out there. And we're missionaries in here. Here's our last one because I know that we are almost out of time servants, right? Servants. Let, let me say this before I get to servants. I know that it is scary to think about you being a missionary, right? Like some of you introverts are like, I don't know how to talk to people. Others, uh, <laughs> uh, that you should learn how to talk to people, introverts. Others of you are, are afraid you're going to say something wrong or do something wrong. Listen to me. We, we understand that and we know that. And what I want to encourage you in is you don't need to be alone in this, you should be a part of a missional community. That's our groups that meet during the week in homes, and we call them missional communities because they're more than a community. It's a community who should be on mission together. And so it's important that we, we plan our third place. Those of you who are part of this know what I'm talking about. We plan our third places so that we can invite um, those who might not believe to, to come and, and meet our family. Th those are important. It's not just something that we do for one another. It's a part of being a missionary. We, we should never feel like we are alone, even with our coworkers. We should talk with our, our missional community about the 
people around us who need to know Jesus. We should pray with our missional community for the people around us who need to know Jesus. We should not be alone in this. We're family. We should be in this together for the glory of God. Servants. Romans 8.29 says that God is shaping all believers into the image of Jesus. We know when we talk about Jesus, Philippians 2, Paul describes Jesus as a servant, a bond servant a bondservant who took on human flesh, who, who left heaven, who left the glory of heaven and took on human flesh to become a bondservant, humbly serving us, broken and fallen humanity, even to the point of death. Now, Paul doesn't just say this is who Jesus is and what Jesus did. He said, you guys should have the same mind as Christ. What he's saying is you should think of yourself and others just like Jesus thought of himself and thought of you. Now, Jesus came as a servant. In fact, when he was walking with his disciples, his disciples were arguing over who would sit next to him and who would be in the most important um, position. And Jesus said, guys, you guys are getting it all wrong. I did not come here to be served. I came here to serve. Jesus came as a servant. Now, if we are being shaped into the image of, of Jesus, what does that make us? Servants. And what do servants do? Serve. Serve. If we, if we are being shaped into the image of Jesus, then we should be humble servants like Jesus. We serve at home. We serve our wife. We serve our husband. We serve the children. We serve our neighbors. We, we serve our friends. When we go to an MC, we serve the host home. We serve the people who are in, in MC. We don't do that because it's a duty. We do that because of who we are. Servants just serve. Yeah, they don't have to be told to serve. Servants, no. Servants serve. I just serve. It's what I do because it's who I am. I'm serving the people around me. That's, that's us. We, 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 we serve. We serve at school. We serve at the church building. We serve in our community. We serve. We're not above serving we're not better than other people. Even, even, listen to me, those of you who are employers, those of you who are bosses, you are not better than your employees. You're, you're, you're not better than the people who work for you. Serve them. Serve them and serve them well like Christ has served his disciples and like Christ has served us. Humble servants after Jesus. Serving here on Sundays, right? Like I'll tell you, if you're new, we expect our partners, our members at New City to serve at least one Sunday out of the month, at least. Serve at least one Sunday at the church with your family. Serve at least one Sunday. Now, a lot of you serve more than once, maybe twice, some maybe more than that, right? It is important. We need you, right? This is a part of our mission to one another and our mission to those outside of the church who are coming, bringing kids, all of that stuff. We've talked about it a, a gazillion times. Now, now, here's what I want to say. If you are, it is missional. It is good. Serve. Thank you for those of you who do serve. But I, I want to put this in perspective. If, if serving here is all that you serve, 
Well, I serve. I serve twice, not once. I serve twice a month. If that's, if that's all of your serving hours, the average person, you all know I'm terrible at math. I've already told you. Don't yell if I'm wrong. Just let's pretend I'm right. The average person spends somewhere around 112 hours a week awake. 112, um, four weeks in a month, I'm going to round up to 450, 450 waking hours a month, 450 waking hours a month. If you serve twice a month for two hours each time, that's four hours of serving out of 450. Now, again, I'm not good at math. It's not a lot. We, we, don't, we don't serve on, on Sunday. We don't, we don't serve in our MC so that we can check something off of a box. We serve because Jesus made us servants just like he is. It's what we are. And so it's what we do. Let me wrap up. I, 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 I want you to imagine that church. Imagine, imagine those people. Imagine a church that, that was, was, was that, right? Not, not, not in theory, not on, not on paper, not, not the pastor preaching a sermon. Imagine a church that, that is that, like like truly a family of missionary servants. Imagine a people who truly believed and lived their lives as if it were true. Jesus has made us a family of missionary servants. And the thing that is most important in our life is living out this identity that we have in Christ. Imagine, imagine those people. Not just the people who talked about it once a week at, at, at a service. Imagine what would happen if, if, if that were to, to, to happen on, on, a, on a greater level. Like I know that it happens now in, in bits and, and pieces and small pockets, but, but what if we really understood this is, this is who we are? No matter what our job is, no matter if we're in school, no matter what our age is, as believers, this is who we are. We are genuinely, the Bible tells us, a family of missionary servants. This isn't, this isn't some catchy phrase that we came up with. It's who we are in Christ. What if we, what if we lived... What if we lived that way? What if we lived family like that? And what if we lived family like that for all the world to see? To see, to see that kind of love for one another. I, I, I think... I think if we, if we lived as a family for all the world to see that kind of love, I think it would change the world. I really, I really do. 
if, if, we, if we saw ourselves and, and our MCs as, as missionaries in the everyday, not just on Sunday for a few minutes, but, but, but daily as we go, how many people would see the hope that we have in Jesus? How many people would hear the gospel? Not, not because we had to say it, but because with joy, with joy, we, we, we shared the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. What if we lived as servants? Right? We're not, we're not bosses who are tyrants. We're bosses who are servants. My word, what would change? Read the New Testament with, with eyes for this, and I promise you, beginning in the Gospels, you'll see how all of this was, was lived out in the life of Jesus with his disciples. R read the epistles, and you'll see it again and again. Read the book of Acts with eyes open to this, and, and you'll, you'll see it. You'll see it everywhere. This is how Jesus lived. Jesus lived with his disciples as family. Jesus lived on this mission. We just did eight or nine weeks on that. And he brought his disciples with him. And he said, listen, just as the Father sent me on this mission, so I send you. See how Jesus served. Y'all, I'm telling you, it's all there. This isn't a new city thing. This is the Bible. This is who we are in Christ. And I'm telling you, this is what turned Ephesus upside down. Not a church building, as beautiful as it might be, with amazing grounds. This, this, the people of God living in the identities that Jesus has given them, a family of missionary servants. I... I tell you, I am, I am beyond excited about getting into the building. But honestly, dreaming of this, dreaming of seeing us be this people, that excites me far more. So let's, let's get there right? Let's get to the building. Let, let, let's work to get moved into the building. Let's set this beautiful building up for the people who will come. Let's, let's equip the saints for the works of service in that building. Let's, let's use it for everything that we can get out of it. Let, let's welcome every visitor who will come as though they have a place to belong in this family because in Christ they do. Let's do all of that. And then let's leave and live this. Because that's what will turn our world upside down. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you have um, been so good and gracious to us, that you continue to be. Father, the truth is that this life that we're talking about, that we see in Jesus and his disciples, this is life that is fulfilling. 
This is life that, that, that is full of meaning. This is life with, with purpose. This is a life that, that, that we were created for, that we are, 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 are recreated in Christ for. This is a life that is not always easy, but is satisfying. This is the life we were created for. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help us. Help us to believe this. Help us to leave religion behind. And what I mean by that is the religion that, that, that says, be good and God is happy. Go and do these things because they are a box that will, will keep God happy. Holy Spirit, help us to leave that behind and, 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 and cling to the beautiful news that you have changed everything in Christ. You have redeemed us, redeemed us from religion, redeemed us from irreligion. You've redeemed us to family. You've given us a new purpose. You are shaping us into the image of Jesus. Help us. Help us to be that people. Father, we want to see. We want to see our city transformed. We want to see middle Georgia transformed. We want to see the world transformed like Ephesus was. God, be gracious to let us see you do amazing things. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.